Hello everyone and welcome to episode 39 of the Unlocking British English podcast, a podcast where I talk about a variety of different things in real British English so that you can improve your listening comprehension, learn a little bit more about British culture and British people and about how to learn languages more effectively and efficiently. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to talk about the London Underground or as we would more commonly call it here in the UK, the Tube. So I was actually in London this past weekend and I went on the tube as I was going to different places in London and so I thought "Hmm, that's something that I haven't talked about on the podcast yet that might be interesting to few people so let's talk about it in today's episode. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Before we jump into the episode uh, you can download the transcripts for this episode for the other episodes for free on the website so if you want to read along while you're listening or to be able to look up any words that you don't know or understand uh, you can do that on the website right now it's www.unlockingbritishenglish.com and so yeah let's get into the episode so the idea of the underground actually was initially proposed it was initially talked about in the 1830s Uh, But it wasn't actually granted permission until 1854. So they spent about 20 years talking about it, debating it, whether they should do it, how they should do it, all that kind of stuff. And so in 1854, the permission was granted for the the first line to be built. Um, But the first thing they actually did was they went to a small town called Kibblesworth, Uh, which I had never heard of before I looked it up for this episode. Uh, But they went to a small town because it has a similar kind of geological uh, properties. So the the land itself upon which the town or the city is built uh, is similar to that of London, right? So they went to a small town that has similar kind of uh, geological properties and they built a test tunnel, right? A small tunnel just as a test to see kind of how it worked, if it was actually safe, if it would hold up over time. Um, So they built that in this small little town and they tested it for around two years. Uh, And then once they were finished, they didn't leave it there. They actually filled it up. So uh, I don't know if it's still there, but it's not a tunnel anymore. You won't be able to go through it. Uh, But the first actual journey on the London Underground and the Underground Railway uh, happened in January of 1863, uh, and that was between Paddington and Farringdon, uh, which is about three and a half miles, so uh, not a huge distance, but pretty pretty cool. Um, And the first journey was actually... Uh, with steam steam trains like gaslit wooden carriages and steam trains uh, but it all went well it was a success uh, and it said that they carried around 38,000 passengers on the first day uh, which is pretty cool uh, considering this was the first the world's first underground railway it wasn't something that was uh, you know common there was a lot of people that were excited about it and and yeah, people were ready to use it. Uh, so fast forward to now, London, ha- uh, the London Underground, or the Tube, has 270 functioning station- stations. Uh, 270. Um, 16 of those actually lay just outside of London, so just outside of the actual city. Um, it uses 11 different lines, so there's 11 different routes that go to different uh, places in different directions. Uh, the total of all of the all of the railway of all the track covers over 400 kilometers, um, but on top of the 270 functioning stations that they have, there's also around 40 unused or unfinished stations. Um, 
there are some stations that were that stopped being used for different reasons. Sometimes they got damaged. Uh, maybe they weren't very, being used very much. There are other stations that were starting to be built but weren't actually finished. And so for a combination of different reasons, there's around 40 um, unused or unfinished stations. I'm not sure if, if we know the exact number because um, different different places have been built in di at different times for different reasons by different people um, some of them yeah just kind of been lost in history because they're not used or whatever but anyway there's around 40 of them um, and so yeah like I said they cover a massive amount of distance um, but they don't actually technically cover all of London so London has 32 boroughs, what we call boroughs, so you can just think of these as the areas, the different parts of London, right? So there are 32 parts in which London is divided into. Um, six of those boroughs, or six of those parts, don't have an underground station. Um, Croydon is one of those places. Some of you might have heard of Croydon. There's not an underground station in Croydon. Um, some of the reason for this, uh, and something that maybe a lot of people don't actually know or don't remember, is that until the 1930s, so during its first uh, 60, 70 years of, of construction and development, the underground was actually entirely funded by private companies. So it wasn't being funded by the government, by the country or anything like that. It was being funded by private companies. Um, I'm not going to go through a whole list of people because it just ends up being a lot of names and, and dates for no real reason. But there were different people that were in control of different parts of it for different times. Um, not always British people, some Americans and people from other countries and different stuff like that. Um, but until the 1930s, it was privately owned. And so whilst it was developed to you know improve travel around London, uh, some places were given more importance than others. Um, and interestingly enough, there is actually a very prevalent, a very uh, obvious and clear north-south divide on the underground. So of the 270 stations that they have on the London Underground, less than 10% of those are actually south of the River Thames. So if you look uh, in London below the River Thames, there's only uh, around 10% of the underground stations are in that area. The rest, 90% or above, are above or north of the River Thames. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know all of the reasons for all of that, but there are various financial reasons and other things that were going on during that time. Um, now it is uh, publicly owned, it's run by um, different parts of National Rail and Transport for London and, and different stuff like that, uh, so it's not completely privately owned anymore, but it, it was in its uh, initiation when it first started. Um, Another interesting thing about the tube, uh, a lot of people know that during the Second World War, during World War II, uh, a lot of tube stations were used as air raid shelters, right? So when, uh, if people were coming over and, and bombing London, we would go and, well, not me, I wasn't alive, but people living in London would go into the tube, uh, into the underground stations, uh, and hide out down there because uh, a lot of them are quite deep and so obviously they're... Uh, they're safe under there. Um, but what a lot of people don't actually know, or again maybe don't remember, um, is that uh, parts of the underground, and specifically the Piccadilly line, were used to store the treasures that we have uh, in the British Museum during World War II. So not only were we trying to hide and uh, keep people safe 
in the tube stations during the Second World War. We were also hiding different treasures and things from the museum, uh, which I found quite interesting. Um, another interesting fact, albeit a little bit of a dark fact, but still true, um, is underneath one of the stations, Oldgate Station, um, there are actually over a thousand bodies that lie underneath the station. Um, that's not for a reason that's related to the tube itself. Uh, the station in question, Algate Station, is actually built over a plague pit from nine, uh, sorry from 1665. Um, so you know, obviously much before the tube when we had uh, the plague. Those fun times, um, yeah. Obviously, a lot of people died, and they would they would um, leave lots of bodies in these different pits uh, together. So there are around or over a thousand bodies that lie beneath one of the um, the underground stations, the one in Aldergate. So yeah, I did find that interesting, but a bit dark. And so, final fact for today, something that uh, I think a lot of people don't realise that I also found to be quite an interesting fact. Uh, is that even though it's called the London Underground, and if you go on the London Underground, you will spend quite a lot of time likely underground, the reality is that over 50% of the underground is actually above the ground. So around 55% of the London Underground actually runs over the ground. Um, I knew that a lot of the, the lines went overground. I didn't necessarily know that it was more than half, so I found that quite surprising. Uh, and it's quite weird to think of because, you know, when you think of the London Underground, you think of underground. Um, and I think that if you travel to London, especially um, if you're you're traveling, you know, in, in central London, a lot of time you are going to be underground, but there are a lot of lines and a lot of routes that will take you overground. And so, statistically speaking, more than half of the lines of the London Underground actually aren't underground at all, they're above the ground. So yeah, uh, a random fun fact for you to finish off today's podcast. I'm not sure what you're going to do with that information, but I've included it anyway. So um, yeah, you know, the tube, like I say, it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty useful. You can get around to a lot of places. Uh, you can get around pretty easy. It's not, uh, it's not super expensive. It is pretty intimidating when you first go, like the first time you go to London and you look at the map in like a tube station, it's just pure fear. Like you just look at the map and you think there's no possible way I could be expected to understand where I'm supposed to go. Uh, but even though it looks a bit intimidating or very intimidating, it is actually, you get used to it. It's not, it's not necessarily simple, but it is intuitive in the sense that, you know, it has logic to it, it makes sense. And I think, like, for example, if you visit London uh, over a weekend, and if you're travelling to different parts of London and you actually use the tube a few times, I think by the end of the weekend, you're not going to be a master of the tube, you're not going to know how to get everywhere, right? But you, you're going to feel a little bit more comfortable, you probably won't feel, you know, so much like you're just completely guessing and, and yeah, let's see what happens. So yeah, that was our, our subject for today, the London Underground. So uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, if any of you have been to London and you've been on the Underground, let me know how you found it. Was it intimidating for you? Did you manage to get to where you needed to be? Uh, you can send me an email, unlockingbritishenglish at gmail.com. You can contact me on Instagram, at unlockingbritishenglish. Uh, so yeah, if you've enjoyed this podcast, 
podcast and you want to share your thoughts with me, please get in touch. So yeah, thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys have enjoyed the episode and I look forward to speaking to you again in the next one.